name is Chantelle. I'm one of the leaders of the church as well. Um, this week, um, I've been really reminded of a phrase that I've, I've probably used before in church and we've maybe said before in church, which is the blessing and the battle, and that the blessing and the battle go hand in hand. Um, Rick Warren from Saddleback Church said he used to think that the Christian life was a succession of battles and blessings, like you're in a time of blessing, then it switches over. But now he thinks of life, it's always on two tracks. So at every, any given moment in life, there's usually blessings, but also battles to face. And his example being that um, he received a huge blessing when he published his book, The Purpose Driven Life. It became the fastest selling Christian book of all time. You know, it gave him enormous influence. He was able to share with so many people. But at the same time that that was happening, he found out that his wife Kay had cancer. And thankfully, she recovered. So, but you think of that, like on one track of his life, he's got this massive blessing of, you know, an amazing book influencing many people for God's kingdom. And then on the other hand, there's a battle to face with his own wife's health. And for us, it feels like that, doesn't it? You know, many of us are still reeling from the loss of Steve. He was our friend, you know, a founding father of our church. And we said his fingerprints are all over this church. We miss him and it's just weird that he's not here. You know, maybe it feels a bit like we're whitewater rafting, like I said last week, you know, Sometimes we're going along the river and other times it just feels like we've capsized into turbulent waters and we don't know how we're going to get back to the raft and keep going. But as we said last week, we have to keep rowing. You know, somehow life carries on too. You know, we have to eat, we have to sleep, we have to work, we have to live. <clears throat> um, Paul and I have been down in the offices a bit this week and as Paul said earlier, you know, we've got new offices and we planned this week to have our official opening this week coming on Wednesday and Friday. And we're still going to have that. We're still going to do that. I think Steve would have been so expectant, I know he was, to see how God would use the spaces to change people's lives. And we are too. You know, we're living in that tension of seeing the kingdom come and lives change, but also, on the other hand, experiencing suffering and death and grief. So truly, in this season, the blessing and the battle go hand in hand. When I was thinking about today, my mind did go back to our celebration of Steve's life at, at the funeral on Wednesday. It was so hard, but it was so good, you know because Paul shared such amazing memories about Steve and he described him on the one hand, he's solid, on the other hand, he was soft. Sorry. He was such a rock, you know, he shielded and protected his family and other people. He, he did that for me and Paul. He shielded us in the church. Um, Steve told you straight, you know, he told you the truth. He was honest, and I loved that about him. And as Paul shared, you know, Steve built his life on the rock that was Jesus. He was so solid, and he had a solid faith. He understood Jesus, and he understood grace. 
and he was also soft. His heart for people was incredible, and he always had time for people, and that's one thing that everybody said, you know, in this last week or so. You know, he excelled in those one-to-one chats, and so many of us here can testify that we were on the receiving end of that. You know, he always had time, and he always just listened to what you had to say, and some of us probably told Steve stuff that we didn't tell anybody else, and Poor Steve had to listen to me drone on and on and say the same thing over and over and he never complained. He just listened and went, yeah, chance and no. So, you know, he has an amazing legacy, his family, Elaine and the kids. You know how much you guys have taught us this week. So much, you know, and as Paul said, he wasn't the tallest person who walked the earth, but he was a giant in the kingdom. He's left such a legacy. And one thing when I was thinking about him was he always served. He was always, you know, behind the scenes, just doing whatever needed to be done. And he taught me so much about generosity. And he and I and Paul and some of the others used to talk about that a lot, you know, because he was in charge of our money in church. And he always desired that we as individuals and we as a church would be generous. And I feel like, you know, we honour him by continuing the things that he loved and he wanted us to be. You know, and when someone so special leaves us, we think about their life and we think about their legacy. And then I think that causes us to think about our own. So the week before, um, when I did a talk before last week, I shared about running your race. I was boring you all with my running analogies. <laughs> staying in your lane, working out what your PB was going to be for this season, your personal best, and running for that. And um, the week after, Steve said to me, oh, you were finding that hard chance, you know, to, to do that. But I realized why. It's because you were putting your heart and soul into it. So I'm going to keep putting my heart and soul into it, like he said. You know, as I said, he loves spending time one-to-one with people. And I just want us to think about that for a minute. I want us to think about, I'm going to leave a minute for us to be quiet. And I just want you to think about who is God speaking to you about that you're to spend time with? Who are you to invest in? Who are you going to listen to? And who are you going to pray for? So I just want you all to take a wee minute and let God speak to you. Who are you going to be that one-to-one and spend time with and invest in? I've been finding it hard to know what to share, but the one thing I keep coming back to that we need, I need to say over and over again is we need Jesus. No matter what we're going through, you know, the blessing or the battle, we need Jesus. We can't fix ourselves and we can't fix other people. Sometimes when we look at other people in pain, we want to make it better or we want to take it away. And as I said last week, the best thing we can do is sit with people. Just say, can I sit with you, journey with them, and encourage them to draw near to Jesus. Um, During the week, I was reading about another sermon 
of a pastor in America. He shared at a funeral of his friend who had died, who was also a pastor. And throughout his talk, he did that. He concentrated on Jesus and what he's done for us and his dependence on him. And I really like this quote. Um, he said, we can have times of depression. We can have times when we're sad. It doesn't mean our faith is gone. And it doesn't mean that we're failures as believers. It means that we're hopelessly human and we constantly need Christ. That last bit. We're hopelessly human and we constantly need Christ. That summed it up for me. We constantly need Christ. And as I think about that, I feel like I do need to say that it's not our job to fix one another. And it's good to say in this time of pain and grief and suffering, we need Jesus and we need each other, but sometimes we need other things too. We need professional help. We need doctors. We need counseling. And many of us in church can be, will be and can be honest and say that those things have helped us. Um, I was looking at Christy Wimber um, during the week. Um, I was laughing earlier with some of them. I'm like this Instagram stalker. He follows all these Christians. <laughs> but it really helps me and I get a lot from it. But Christy Wimber is daughter-in-law of John Wimber. So she was around the vineyard from the early, early days. Um, and she saw God do amazing things like healing, you know, incredible things. But in recent years, she's talked a lot more about getting that balance of also talking about suffering and pain and grief. And she said um, this week, it's no secret I redirected much of what I do to bring awareness to mental health. It was only to be a season, seems it needs to be a forever message. We are all such complex humans. There are no easy, quick fix formulas. Yet I firmly believe in these things. I believe in therapy. I believe in medication. But I also believe in the healing power of Christ. We must be open to all three. Some will need one, some will need all. But we all need one of these. And I just want to say today, you know, our church strapline is come as you are. It's okay not to be okay. And if we need help, that's okay. And if we aren't sure where to get it, then please ask. Ask one of us. And if we don't know the answer straight away, we'll find out for you. We constantly need Jesus. We need to come as we are here and be honest about what's going on. And, you know, be real that there's other things Jesus provides to help us. He provides those professionals. He provides what we need and we need to help each other find that. So last week I shared about the honesty of scripture. You know how we can look in the, especially in the Psalms and different parts of the Old Testament. There's such sadness and lament and pain there and how that can express what we feel in our own hearts and minds and souls and how we need to turn there. And that same pastor who was sharing in his address, he spoke about how he got through the death of his own son. So he said when his, his son Christopher died 11 years ago, he thought his life was ruined. And he said getting to sleep at night was the hardest thing imaginable. One of the ways he and his wife survived at that time was by memorizing scripture. And Philippians 4, verse 8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent 
or praiseworthy think about such things. And I just thought, that's so true for us. We need to fill our minds with the truth from God's word. And he also said, this pastor, hope has the last word, not suicide, not cancer, not depression, not even death. When that hopeless thought comes knocking on the door, reject it. I love that, that hope has the last word. And one of the ways we reject those negative thoughts is by standing on the truth of God's word. The other day, um, when we were standing at Steve's grave, um, Paul or Andy, I can't remember which one, read Isaiah 40, 28 to 31. It says, Do you not know, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And like those verses were so comforting to me at that moment because I remembered I'd learned them years ago as a young Christian. And it was a comfort that I could, you know, recite them along in my head at the same time. So I just thought for us as a church, you know, why don't we think about that? You know, maybe it's old-fashioned, like learn your memory verse, like some of us remember that at Bible club when you're a kid or whatever. But I think learning scripture is actually something very important. It's not only a comfort, but it's a sword in our hands for the battles we face, which are so real. So what about this one? I thought we could learn that together. I'm going to give you a memory verse for the week. Psalm 61, verse 2. Um, yeah. From the ends of the earth I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. So let's say it together. One, two, three. From the ends of the earth I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. So that's your homework for next week. I'm going to say, who knows Psalm 61 verse 2? Or the next slide is a wee bit easier. <laughs> um, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. That's something to hold on to in these days. So let's lean on Jesus and let's learn scripture. There, two things. And lastly, more than ever in this week, we've all known that we need one another. Paul and I, and I can say the Fugards, have been so overwhelmed by the love and support of our church family, how much she's have surrounded us. Um, it's, words are hard to, it's hard to put it into words, how amazing everyone's been. And if it's okay for me to say, I'm so proud of you, all our church for loving so well in the face of this pain and heartache, you know, and Paul and I were talking about it and we wanted to say thank you to you all and just commend you and say we're so grateful. It's like, and people who don't even go to any church have been commenting like, oh, what's this vineyard church? And they can't believe it, you know, Elaine's friends and stuff. So um, just thank you, we need each other and you guys have shown us what that looks like in real terms and I've just been reminded you know of how important it is to spend time together 
you know, to love one another. And I think maybe in the busyness of life and church and just all he had to do, I'd maybe forgotten that a little bit. And Steve loved to have a laugh and he loved to have fun. And I think we need to make that a priority and keep doing that. As Paul said earlier, you know, life groups are an, kind of an organized way to do that. You can sign up to one and be part of it, but also let's be spontaneous, you know, let's just get together, let's just do that. And one of the lovely things about this last week has been sharing our memories and stories. And Paul and I are saying, like, how amazed Steve would have been to hear all the amazing things everyone said about him, all the wonderful things. He would have been going, oh, shut up, you know. But, like, it's so important to do that. Um, and um, Elaine had a picture of a wall, just like a wall with loads of writing on it about Steve. And we put that up on Wednesday and loads of lovely things were written about him. And that's going to be for the family to keep. So Ashley has kindly done another um, sheet, which is outside in the foyer beside the glass house. You'll see a blank sheet with loads of um, pens. And we'd love you guys to write up your memories and stories about Steve so that we can keep those and the family can treasure them forever. It's so special to be able to do that. But um, Paul and I were saying, you know, let's not wait. <laughs> let's tell each other now. You know, the lovely things we see in one another, let's encourage each other, let's build each other up. Let's not wait, you know, let's just constantly be encouraging each other and having fun and sharing good stories with each other. Um, another thing I read this week was from our friend Alan Carson at Belfast City Vineyard. Hopefully he won't mind me sharing, but he wrote a wee blog and he wrote this. It's been personally a tough few weeks. I, alongside many others, have experienced a great deal of loss. Some through death, some through relocation, some through circumstances as hard as I've tried that I cannot control. I've lost people I love, lost relationships I found life in. In places, I've lost hope for life change, lost patience for the slowness of this kingdom coming. I've been tempted to lose belief in the things we're reaching for, but in those moments of doubt and pain and confusion, it has not been the brilliance of one or the giftedness of a few that have brought strength to my soul. Listen to this. It's been a multitude of shattered, broken, vulnerable, beautiful, courageous men and women from every conceivable walk of life who have simply brought themselves unsure of what to say or how to say it, knowing their words will most likely hit the floor before they hit my ears, but certain that something of the divine, something of the presence of Almighty God is released in their showing up, in their embrace, even in their lasagnas. To these faithful fellow bro broken humans, I am deeply thankful for your presence. We're meant to need one another. We're meant to be incomplete on our own. We might just be at our absolute best when we show up in the full knowledge that we have little to bring, that we are just as broken, just as vulnerable as the one we came to serve. We might just taste the wonder of the kingdom a little sweeter and fuller when we allow our vulnerability to declare that we are one. Like what amazing words, he's so right. It's not the brilliance of one or the giftedness of a few. It's a multitude of broken people just bringing themselves and showing up and releasing the presence of God by being there, by loving, by praying, 
by bringing Marks and Spencer's bums. <laughs> you know, we're so grateful for the presence of God and we're grateful for the presence of people. Um, as Paul said, we've been moving venues recently and I, in a way I'm kind of glad because I haven't had to go into our old venue very much because we've kind of moved out of there. Um, it, it, by the end, it got a bit tired. Um, I was... I will tell you this, <laughs> put on the staff WhatsApp um, when Jules found a slug in the plug. This is the last straw. <laughs> Steve had a good laugh at that one. You know, it got a bit tired, a bit damp, but amazing things happened there. You know, special moments. Loads of us have memories of just praying one-to-one -one with someone or worshipping there together or just talking. It was a place of hope. It really was. And our new building is going to be a place of hope. We're going to open it this week as a place of hope. We've got our wee pictures. You know, it's not an accident that a place of hope is our strap line. It's the heartbeat of our church. It's who we are. If you type in the word hope to your Bible app or Bible Gateway, it comes up 180 times. If you want to turn to scriptures this week, just type in hope and start looking at those verses and that will give you life. In the middle of the blessing and the battle, we hope and trust in God. And as that pastor said in his talk, hope has the last word because our hope is in God himself. And I just want to finish with a verse that we've shared here before and it's Romans fifteen thirteen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.